is that I understood that it wasn't about telling people how to be better or, or what advice to give. In fact, as a coach, you give no advice. You were there to create the space, to ask the questions, to offer reflection and observation with permission, but it really is up to the person on the other end to do the work. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sinkula, CEO of Digital Dawn, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. Here on the Ecom Profit Podcast, I open Pandora's box and share with you and other ecom business owners weekly topics that will help you explode your business online. I outline my tried and true secret sauce, the D2D method, that's guaranteed to bring your business results. As an entrepreneur myself, I try to pull out all the same entrepreneurial passions in others. So get ready to be fired up about your business and let's have a great time. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. Well, welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Don Sincula. And today we have Lauren Lamagna with us. And Lauren has a really interesting background as kind of a, a dynamic leader and influential advisor, really known for your, I would say, leadership development and different skills that you've brought to the table. Kind of a remarkable career spanning over many decades, do I dare say? Yeah. <laughs> um, and and kind of a, a really interesting background. But Lauren, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about you and um, your amazing background that you have. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Dawn. Uh, and of course, as expected, here is the puppy saying, Hello. right? <laughs> See, we were just talking about this beforehand, like dogs barking, people, doorbells, all sorts of stuff. She it is never a fails. camera ham, just like her mom. Right. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I am a lifelong entrepreneur. Uh, I've realized I'm kind of a builder of other people's ideas and also of my own. So I started my first business when I was 12, my grandmother taught me how to crochet hats and I figured out how to take a doily pattern and turn it into a beanie and started selling them. Uh, and actually <laughs> through my, my way through college with that, uh, I went to Rutgers and would take my two suitcases into New York City, go to a young designer market and uh, really just figured out how to talk to people, how to customize, how to... Um, you know, just understand what was important to them and their values and my values, and then created this whole support network of designers and creative thinkers in New York City. And so that was kind of my opening up of like, okay, I might be young, I might not have any of this figured out, but I know how to ask people and I know how to be curious. So let's yes. see how this goes. Yes. Um, so I did that, but then quickly realized that uh, your hands can only produce so much right. and uh, can only make you so much. And so I had killed my immune system and developed carpal tunnel uh, wow. and then kind of had my idea of uh, my own business put on hold uh, and went into association management. So my stepmom was like, I think this would be perfect for you. It's like you do all the things and you don't get paid anything. <laughs> It sounds great. Let's yeah, it's like that. So I, I like to think of those years as like the boot camp. Yeah. Uh, you're going to learn how to do everything with no money and yeah. make it look like you invested a million dollars in it. So I started running events and doing marketing and running websites and um, building boards and communities and volunteer efforts. Um, and I did that for 11 years mm -hmm. and went through, you know, the recession in 2008, got married and, uh, you know, 
I was never out of out of work because my previous employer, um, I saw the kind of the writing on the wall and I just started having conversations. And so had an interview with another company and they're like, yeah, we'll take you. Let's go. Um, and my client was out <laughs> looking for another home. And so they were the only ones that said, well, we know who she is and we'll take her. Yeah. So uh, thankful for that, but really just kind of burnt out on like, yeah. how many meetings can you run? Like I give nice. meeting planners so much credit because I'm like, after the amount of time and effort it <laughs> goes into it, you just don't even know, right? And it's such yeah. a thankless job. Like it is, right. you only hear from people when things go wrong. Right. So exactly. thank your meeting planners. Right. Thank them well <laughs> and pay them well too. And pay them well and pay them well. So um, yep. funny enough, I'm actually back to doing that. I'll, I'll tell you <laughs> once I flip that. So um, so I, I did that and got married and then opened up a CrossFit gym uh, with my now ex-husband, but figured out okay, the way to be successful in this industry and in most industries is to build connections with your members, to understand what it is that they're, what transformation they're looking to have, what are their blocks, what what's their story, their journey map. Um, and so that's where I fell in love with coaching. I became a CrossFit coach mm-hmm. and was running the business, but was completely burnt out. I was still working yeah. my full-time job, getting up at 5 a.m., going to bed at nine, but only sleeping in like four hour chunks. Cause I had to wake up and work. And it was just crazy yeah. until yeah. I hit that wall of like, something's got to give here. Yeah. So I thought it was my job. Um, and my dad was like, you should talk to my career coach. I'm like, I don't need a life coach. I have life figured out. I'm right. perfect. <laughs> right. um, anything, but, um, and so I kept making it about other things rather than like every decision I had made was all based on external validation on someone else giving me the gold star, telling me I was okay, that I did a good job, pat on the back. And, uh, and I was using alcohol to, to cover up for my unhappiness too. like box wine. Nobody really knows how much you're drinking. Yeah. Right. Uh, Yeah. So even though I was in this fitness industry, I was really unhealthy, both with my own internal mind speak and what I was fueling myself with. And until, uh, was running a meeting in Scottsdale, Arizona and blacked out. Wow. Blacked out. Nobody saw me except the hotel staff and they got me out of there and put me in a golf cart and got me back to my room. And I freshened up and I came back like a take two. Mm -hmm. And I realized like stone cold sobering moment, like I could have thrown everything away. Yeah. I was like teetering on the edge of just self-sabotaging everything. And so I realized at that moment, like not only does this need to stop, but like so many, I got to get in in touch with this and and figure it out. And so I ended up calling the coach that my dad recommended and uh, everything changed from there. Within six weeks, I was divorced. Uh, Within six months, I was moved back to DC and sold my house. And then six months after getting back to DC, uh, through that process, I actually decided or recognized that I wanted to become a coach myself. So I got certified um, and uh, left my job after six months of getting back to DC and started my business with no clients, very little of a safety net. Yeah. Uh, and just said, I would rather be broke and happy than yeah. knowingly unmiserable with a paycheck. That's so, I, I mean, that's a quite an amazing story. And one that I'm sure many of us can relate to in that burnout and the feeling of kind of just the validation from others. Right. And, and I want to talk a little bit about that because I think that's a lot of what you focus on now with, with your clients is, is how that validation makes such a difference in the way that you think about business, the way you think about life, the way you think about yourself, self-esteem, how, and the choices that you make in life and business. But 
before we get into this hefty subject, so you decided you want to be a coach, right? So you go through certification, you kind of take this step into this. I mean, you kind of had some experience around it being CrossFit coach. I mean, different type of coaching, right? A little bit. So what, what kind of happened in that sort of transformation that said, okay, I really want to, you know, this is the step. Was it the coach that coached you or did you kind of have this epiphany yourself? Cause I hear a lot of times people say, well, I want to be a coach. And I think, what does that mean? Really? What what does that mean? And should (laughs) you be like coaching other people? I'm not sure. So, you know, how did, how did you make that transformation? Well, you know what it is? It was this recognition that, so I kind of saw potential in every person that I met. Like I was always like, you know, if these things moved, but what became very clear for me in working with my coach is that I understood that it wasn't about telling people how to be better or, or what advice to give. In fact, as a coach, you give no advice. You were there to create the space, to ask the questions, to offer reflection and observation with permission, but it really is up to the person on the other end to do the work. Mm. And this was the first time when I got coached that someone had challenged me. Like my mind's always racing. I can convince you, like I can convince right. you why I shouldn't do that. Like, no, 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 I don't really need to do that because I'm smarter than that. And this is the big problem with people is they're too smart for their own good. Right. Instead of just sitting with it of like, how could your life be different How could it be shaped in a way that you want by taking these bold steps and what might be getting in the way? And so he was the first one who kind of planned the seed because honestly, I never wanted to be a coach in that way. Cause honestly, I saw a lot of people who were life coaches who really didn't have their lives together. I'm like, (laughs) what are you doing? You should should not be (laughs) giving people advice. Right. (laughs) Please stop. And so in the program that I selected, there was a lot of introspection, reflection. We were actively getting coached. And that's part of the ICF credentialing process. You were coaching and getting coached. So it really was this amazing experience to me for me to shed all those layers of expectation and just have someone hold the space with me while I was learning in like such a supportive environment. And they actually like have this running joke that between the first and second weekend of training, there's like a couple months in between. That's the divorce time because everyone realizes that they're in kind of these relationships that haven't been serving them. Now I already had my divorce before going in there. So I was good. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I think it's really interesting because a lot of people don't want to be coached. Right. And, and, and there's, I think a couple of different reasons for why people don't want to be coached. One is that coaching does sort of have, unfortunately now has kind of taken on this connotation in the online space specifically Mm -hmm. where everyone is a coach, right? And so how do you differentiate, you know, a good coach from somebody who's just popped up on the internet and said they're coach now? Mm -hmm. We all hear horror stories of that. But then also the ability to be coached in a way that is successful, right? And that does actually provide you with that space can be really transformational for a lot of people. How, so if I'm thinking about, let's just say I'm thinking about getting coached from, from someone, how do I know if I'm ready for a coach or how do I know who to find as a coach? And then I want to go into a little bit more about the types of, of people you're working with and, and some of the, um, the pieces of this that I think are really interesting with how you do it. Yeah, sure. Well, so don't trust the marketing. And I know that you focus on marketing. Marketing (laughs) is there to sell. It is. Go based on referrals and have discovery calls. So Mm. just because someone says they're a coach, first of all, anyone can say they're a coach. Yeah. To be an ICF certified coach, you have to go through a certain amount of training. You have to pass certain exams. 
You have people listening to your recordings as a coach. That being said, not every coach is a good fit for you. So you can go by referrals, but what I would highly recommend is before you hire someone, have them do a like 15 minute sample coaching session with you. So you get a feel for their style, how they work with you. Um, no coach that you are working with in this capacity should be making any guarantees, nothing related to revenue, nothing related to outcomes and success, because that is dependent on you. And you also have to be clear when you're looking for a coach, what is it that you're looking to accomplish? What areas of your life do you want it to touch on? Um, I can coach in a number of different areas, but typically there there's, there's a certain like story that they see. And usually it's where I was about five, six years ago. Um, So they're kind of looking to me of like, well, you've gone through this transformation. Tell me the secret sauce. And I don't do that, but I do know these are the questions or areas that we can focus on to give you more clarity, to create more of a game plan and to, to also get those skill sets to get you there. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think a lot of people are scared of of coaching. They think of it a little bit as counseling. They think of it as a little Mm -hmm. bit of, you know, like a lot of woo-woo space or, you know, whatever it is that might be in sort of your mental block space. But I think if, and and I've had good coaches before, I've had some not so great coaches, but I've Mm -hmm. had some really good coaches that can actually do some transformational work with you. And it's pretty surprising when you do have sort of that open space for dialogue, some of the things that kind of come out. And, and I think I, you know, I've worked with hundreds of clients in the marketing agency and we sort of become coaches in a certain way, mm-hmm. right? Like we, we coach on strategy, we coach on different things, but there's so much stuff that comes out behind the scenes of people in business and what they're thinking and their fears, and they don't want to get online or they don't want to say this. Or when you start working with people and, and in your particular space, you know, working with business owners or female business owners, things like that, what are some things that you can help people kind of uncover that keeps them from sort of taking that next step and moving forward with their business or even just in their personal life. Yeah. Well, and this goes to your first question, the real difference between therapy and counseling is that coaching is meant to take you from a present functional state to a future vision. Right. And so the biggest thing that I do with potential clients is help better understand what that future vision is. And I think most people are too afraid to even be able to see, or they're not even able to, because they're so inundated with the expectations, the shoulds, they're, they're so busy. They're, they're layered in the busyness. And actually I had a session earlier this week where I said, if you prioritize everything else, you will never prioritize yourself. So whenever I hear people are so busy, they're not focused on themselves. And so that's really what I focus on with clients is how do we get your needs met first so that you can be at your favorite self level to be of service to other people? not even best self. Like, let's forget the best self. Let's be the favorite version of ourselves that we want to bring out into the world. I love the favorite versions of ourselves. And a lot of times people don't know what that is even. They don't. They are so busy with things. But even beyond just being busy, we have been conditioned since birth to be busy, to be of service to others, to pay attention to what other people think of us, to chase those gold stars. We have not been trained and conditioned in a way that looks at trusting our inner voice and listens to ourselves and slows it down. That's literally the antithesis of what this society and world wants us to be. So when you feel that resistance, know that that's not coming from you. 
That's not how you're meant to be. That is a system that wins by you believing in it. Well, and I think, you know, I I'm sure you've seen this as well. And I know I have experienced it as well as seen it in business, female business owners, startup, female business owners, trying to be successful business owners that have been successful female business owners. And there's always a little bit of this imposter syndrome, if Mm. you want to call it that, or, or, or something that's telling me that I'm just not quite, you know, I I have this thing where, you know, sometimes I'll think in my head, oh, well, I'm kind of older than everybody else. Should I really be online or should I really be saying this or should I, and I'm thinking to myself, why am I saying that? Of course I should be, you know, I know more about the, 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 but there's these games that you play with yourself in your head where, I don't know where, where does that come from and how, how, how do we get over it? It's not from you. So know that that voice and how you're hearing it is not coming from you. That's Mm. coming from whatever filter has been implanted. And so the, the ability for you to do the, the process that we, we do is looking at what feels new that we can inject curiosity onto. Because the opposite of judgment is curiosity. And there's uh, the emotional cycle of change where we have this, you know, excitement of optimism where it's new, we're exciting. We don't know what we don't know, but it's going to be amazing. And then that little voice pokes up that little inner critic or fear, fear voice comes in. It's like, but wait a second, we don't know everything. We've got gaps. And so it starts to pick up in the judgment and it starts to drop us into pessimism. And then our focal point becomes, well, we got to collect everything we don't know. We got to look at all the fear, all the fear. Let's gather, gather, gather. And before we know it, we're in this valley of despair, this funk, this funk journey, we become stuck in it. And so at any point we can stop and get curious. And the way that you do it is just by asking questions that start with, I'm curious and make a list of it, set a timer for five to 10 minutes and just write a list of curious questions. What that will do is start to actually put you in action and problem solving where we get into trouble is when our mind just starts to race because it's just looking at uh, risk factors and um, speculation and, and all this forward stuff where we don't have enough information on. So we have to look at what are the areas that we need support with, we need more resources on, we need more information, or we need more time and experience. And yeah. before we know it, that curiosity starts to move us back into optimism because we start to gain some credibility, we gain some traction, and then we have informed optimism. Yeah. So everything is going to feel awkward because it's new. And yeah. if it wasn't new, it would be boring. And none of us would be entrepreneurs because we would just right. be plugging things in and going about our merry way. So this is the stretching outside of the comfort zone. Our brain is looking for patterns. It's looking for the known stuff. And because it doesn't have anything to latch onto, it defaults into our fear response, our stress response. So all we have to do is just acknowledge that that's what's happening and then look at, okay, in the past, when this has happened, what has worked for me? Do I need to call somebody? Do I need to tap into my network? Do I need to go research? And I think the first step is, do I just need to sit down and write some damn questions down? Right. I love that. I love that because you're absolutely right. I, I think so many of us get into this funk to use your words, or we get into the cycle of despair where we're, how do we get out of this? What do we do? And then we start to become busy. Right. And I like that term. Busy means so many things to so many people, but I always feel like 
you know, I'm not successful unless I'm super busy or, mm-hmm. you know, when I, when, when I'm not in chaos, something must be wrong, you know, and over time I've learned to, you know, kind of recognize my own patterns with that and what that means for me. But I think a lot of times in business, particularly, and I'll speak to the entrepreneur, we feel like we have to be in that state of overwhelm, which mm-hmm. feels like fear, which feels like imposter syndrome, feels like, oh my gosh, things, if they go this way, I'm going to crash. If they go this way, mm-hmm. I could. And and we kind of create this cycle yeah. for ourselves. Would you agree with that? I mean, is it, yeah. we kind of do it to ourselves a little bit, right? Well, I what I've noticed is that we've taken the model of when we were working in corporate or when we we're at school and we've implanted it into our businesses. Yes. And so what I always challenge people to do is to think about how do you want to feel in your business? Mm-hmm. How do you want to interact? Like if you're, if your business is your best friend, how do you want to interact every day? How do you want to show up? How do you want to wrap it up? And then how do you structure it in a way that has you prioritize that feeling? I think the problem is, is we're not intentional about it. We're just like yeah. busy means active means productive, but being productive means that we're producing something that's right. important. That's a value. And so I think we first have to understand what does success look like? Right. What does a successful day feel like? Yeah. And then what are those micro shifts and decisions that support that every day? Yeah. I love the I love the idea of just writing things down simply. I mean, even as you're standing at your desk or working at your desk, you sort of have that fear just writing down the curiosity questions. It just kind of even triggers you to get out of your own head and to yep. break that pattern and cycle. And that's something very simple and easy that people can do today, right? Absolutely. Start, start writing things down. <laughs> there And there is science behind this. So only 3% of the population has a goal and only 1% of it writes it down. And those who do are 42% more likely to achieve it. Okay. So let's, let's say that one more time. So everybody can like hone in. All right. Here, here's the drop. 3% of the population has a goal. Wow. 1% writes that goal down. And 42%, you're 42% more likely to achieve your goal when you write it down. Wow. So write some things down. Write it down. (laughs) I actually do. So I write um, letters to myself on my birthday. And I also do this like when I'm doing business planning. I write a letter or I write things as if they've already happened a year from now or whatever point in the future, because it locks in a neuro pathway. The more you write it down, it's giving you more sensory pinpoints. It's no longer like, I have this idea. It's like, I have this idea and now I have the tactile representation on paper and then I've read it and I might've spoken about it. And so we're getting all of these reforming, re-securing, re-establishing neural pathways so that our brain is just looking for things that get us there at that point. Yeah. And those are easy steps that may seem silly, but they actually can move you forward pretty quickly, right? Absolutely. And and just that one simple thing can kind of break the pattern, break the cycle. It is the easiest way to coach yourself. And I think the problem is, is we've gotten into this habit of thinking if it's not expensive and it's not complicated, it's not of value. Right. (laughs) And in design, the simplest solution, the simplest design is the hardest to achieve. Right. Right. So if I'm thinking about, you know, kind of where it let's, let's speak to the business owners that are listening out there that are kind of in the state of overwhelm and you've given us some really tactical things. How do I know if I'm ready for the next 
level of coaching. So, you know, I can do these things. And I think that's why journaling is so popular. Mm -hmm. People love to journal and, and those types of things, but let's say, okay, I've done that, or I'm going to do that. How do I know like when it's the right time to be coached? When do I think about that? Is there a time in my business journey that I think about it? Or is it kind of open for, you know, if you're in the state of overwhelm, how do you know when you're ready for a coach? I guess is the question. I would say more of don't wait for something catastrophic to happen. Don't wait until you feel like you're up on the line. Um, Cause you know, when you get there, cause then it feels like very knee jerky. And then you're going to make some abrupt emotionally based decisions where you might spend more money than you want to, or you might hire the first coach. So yeah. anytime is the right time when it feels like it's a choice, like it's what you want to create. And so if you feel like, you know what, I've tried, I feel like I've tried everything on my own. I feel like I've gotten this as far as I can on my own. Yeah. I wonder what getting an outside perspective would do. A yeah. coach is not there to fix things. A coach is not there to make things happen for you. It's more along the lines of what other perspective could be broadened by either bringing in a mentor or a coach or whatever it is, I think you have to look at who you're surrounding yourself with. And so if you just have people who are yesing up, Oh, that's so great. That's so wonderful. You're amazing. You're not getting challenged to grow. Right. Right. We, we need to do it. So it's the counter to burnout. It's like, how do we get into this, like this expansion mode of elevating? Sure. Not even growing, but like, how do we up-level and elevate our own mindset into what could be possible? Not even about like making more money or growing, but like, how do you envision yourself in, in your favorite space, in your, in your ideal space? Yeah. I love that. And so now you have through the course of your, um, education and your experience, you've now started your own company with Mm -hmm. Spitfire behind you and the beautiful neon. Tell me a little bit about your business, what you're doing with people right now. How do you work with clients? Things like that. Yeah. So, uh, we are in our eighth year, very excited. Um, amazing. amazing. So we're a network of coaches and facilitators and trainers. So when you come into the spitfire world, we take care of you no matter where you're starting from. So whether that's individual coaching, we have on-demand learning and development. We have a community that's supportive. We do team culture transformations. We work from the CEO to independent contributors, um, as well as business owners. So we're all about, three pillars of the clients that we work with. The first is that they're socially conscious. They know what's going on in the world. They want to see the world improve and and be equitable uh, and advance for all all levels and all kinds of people. We want to make sure that companies are employee centric, meaning that they're not making money and, and exploiting people, but that they are giving back and know that employees are at the core of their success. And we want to be working with game changers. So no, this is how we've always done it. We want people who want to positively disrupt the status quo. So we make sure that when we talk to companies or we even talk to individuals that they're aligned with that because we don't want to just keep recreating the same thing. We want to elevate and leave this world a better place in every conversation that we have. That's amazing because that you almost said three different things that are in my vision and mission statement as my company of like socially conscious companies. We want to make the world a better place. We're looking for disruptors. Like all of those things, I think, really are important when you are working with a client or a coach or you're looking for someone to help you. Is there a certain type of person that you work with or a certain type of client? I mean, are, do you? focus all on women? Do you focus on corporate clients, you know, individual contributor entrepreneurs? 
Yeah. You know, you know it's funny. I started thinking like, I'm never going to coach men. Like I'm yeah. only focusing on women, but I actually have really enjoyed coaching men because I think they are the best allies for women leaders. Yeah. Uh, they are sponges. The ones that come in, they're like, teach me everything, you know, I need to see all these blind spots. Like they're ready for it. And I think that's the common theme of the clients that bring on, they're so ready. They're so open. Um, they, they want everything in their brain and they want to just like go off to the races, their little spitfires. Uh, that's, that's the I common ground. That, um, yeah. <laughs> I work more with managers, VPs, and up to the C-suite. Um, yeah. I have a team that focuses on independent contributors. Um, so really it's, I want to be working with centers of influence, meaning that people mm-hmm. are managing people or managing projects. That's kind of where my sweet spot is now. Um, sure. But we have amazing coaches who are all ICF accredited uh, that work with you know various types of businesses. So whether they're in design, family-owned businesses, mm-hmm. financial services, lawyers, they all have their kind of niche that that yeah. comes through. So our, our thing is how do we uh, create those connections where everyone's doing their favorite thing? Yeah. Love that. Love that. Okay. So as we start to ramp up here, tell me what one piece of advice you would give um, maybe your prior self into the future? And what would you maybe give to people who are where you were before? What, what piece of advice would you give? So I actually don't have anything coming to mind. And I feel like as I start to talk, it's going to come up. So if I was talking to my former self, let's talk at 12 years old. Yeah. The, the piece of advice would be, this is going to be hard Mm -hmm. and it's going to give you so much to base your future life off of. So stick with it and be kind and compassionate to yourself Yeah, and take stock on all of the hard stuff because it's going to be in a book later. Yeah. <laughs> hint, hint. Hint, hint. Um, and, you know, and just in general, I feel like we need to be so kind to ourselves. The world, the world out there is hard. Yeah. Um, I actually just lost a friend uh, on Monday because oh. of mental health and, you know, just crazy stuff. And yeah this is isolation is deadly. Um, I did not expect to bring this up right now, but please reach out like burnout stress is a killer and your community is there to support you. So even if you feel like you can't, you know, you don't have anything to give, just show up. Sometimes people just need a cup of coffee, just need you to check in and say hi, and you can be that one to do it. And I think as an entrepreneur, it can be really lonely. And so the more that you can get yourself into communities, into networks where you find your tribe and you can really like, you know, resonate off of that energy, it's not just going to help you, but it's going to help every person you interact with. Yeah, I think that's so true. And and you're absolutely right about the isolation piece. And we're coming out of some of the worst times of isolation, right? That we've ever experienced. And, and we're not acknowledging it. Like correct, it's worse. Right. Right. It's worse. Right. Right. It's worse than any of us think. And for those of us who who have children or who have people who have experienced this isolation in a way that we can't even begin to fathom, it's it's so hard. And I think finding that community and being kind to yourself. And I love what you said with that is that this every, in my opinion, every step of 
what life gives to you is just a building block for what's to come in the future. And it's really hard to see that when you're yeah. in the middle of it, slugging yeah. through and and questioning all of your life decisions, but mm-hmm. knowing and being kind to yourself and, and recognizing there is a community of people out there who do want to hear your story, who do want to hear what you have to say. That's why I started the podcast. Half of the reason was because I wanted to tell my story and I kept hearing from other people like, I'd love to hear other people's stories and I'd love to hear what other people are doing. And so when we were all in isolation in 2020, I thought, okay, what better time to start a podcast? Let's do it and see what becomes of it. And so here we are. So I love that. And I love that, you know, having that kind of be kind mentality is at the forefront. Yeah. And it's never, one thing is not going to make or break your business. It's about a collection of all the things you're doing. And so you've got to give it stock and credit. That's what's going to fuel you. That's amazing. Well, Lauren, this has been an incredible conversation and I know our listeners are going to want to hear more from you, but until then, where can they find out about you? Where can they find you on social? Um, all sorts of things. Tell us all yeah, that. I kept it real easy. It's Spitfire coach. So I'm on TikTok. I'm on, actually I changed my TikTok. I'm on Instagram and Facebook, uh, not on the other one. We're not talking about that. You yeah. can go to LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> but if you head on to, to the website, spitfirecoach.com, I also have a podcast and would love to have you on too, Dawn. Yes, um, love it. So we have tons of resources and we're going to be launching our on-demand learning platform uh, coming soon. We have over 30 courses Amazing. Uh, ready for people and their mindset and communication and difficult conversations. Oh my gosh. Well, we will um, drop that link for sure. And um, we will have you back. We always get people asking us more questions after we drop these and things like that. And I'd love to have you back, Lauren, and, and help us and ask more and, and find out more about how we can help ourselves a little bit. So thank you so much for being here today. This was amazing. Awesome. And thanks everybody for listening. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you've heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to see if you're a good fit to work with the Digital Dawn team, head over to digitaldawnagency.com forward slash contact and let's book a call. Thanks so much again and until next time.